want to welcome everyone here today, um, for especially those of you who have come in uh, for this Convergence event, which is a two-day event, whereas uh, Jessica shared is, is a time where we're celebrating the three streams of Scripture, Spirit, and Sacrament. So one, we want to just begin by just welcoming those of you who have come in uh, outside of the seminary community. We want to say welcome and thank you for making the journey to come and be with us. Uh, for those of you who came here to hear Todd Hunter, I'm not Todd Hunter. Someone said before chapel is starting, were you having coffee with the bishop this morning before? No, Todd had a, um, Todd was not able to join us. He had a, a family emergency. And then Todd's assisting bishop, T.J. Johnson, got flooded out with um, the, the hurricane that came here recently. So you have me this morning as your preacher. So hopefully, uh, as a third pitch hitter here, um, we'll have a good time. And so uh, this seems very personal to me, as I'll share. Um, we'll look at the scripture here in a few minutes. But the idea of convergence is something that is coming together, the converging of different streams. And when we look out at the larger landscape of what God is doing across the church, uh, across North America and around the world, there's a mighty convergence Richard Hunter, in, um, or Richard Foster, rather, in, in a book called Streams of Living Water, said it this way, said, Today, our God is drawing together many streams that have been separated from one another over the years. And in reality, these different streams represent different traditions that describe various dimensions of the spiritual life. Many of us call these streams, kind of to, to be reductionistic, the three streams, which is a term that refers to scripture, spirit, sacrament. It was Leslie Newbegin, the great missiologist, who in 1953 first identified these three major streams within Christendom, where he had identified them as the Catholic, which refers to the liturgical, uh, sacramental, the Protestant evangelical stream, and then the emerging during that time, the charismatic Pentecostal stream is three major streams within Christendom. And one of the things that we're seeing in the day and time that we live in, these three streams kind of have lived in tension over the last few decades. And God is breaking down these walls and bringing, in many ways, these streams together. Um, and at Asbury is a, is a wonderful example of seeing these three streams at work. I would argue that the Wesley's uh, you could identify these three streams in the Wesleys. They were uh, sacramental, they were evangelical, they were highly missional. But the Wesleyan Revival was a, was a tremendous movement of the Holy Spirit that swept um, throughout the British Isles and the North Americas. So those of us who are here today probably uh, would identify ourselves with one of those streams. There are some of us that are a part of a deeply sacramental traditional tradition. Uh, that regularly celebrates the Lord's Supper and uh, has a strong emphasis on the sacraments. There are some of us here today who are a part of maybe an evangelical low church tradition. There's a very strong emphasis on the word and preaching and proclamation and evangelism and sharing our faith. And then there's others of us, there are students here today that maybe we're a part of the charismatic Pentecostal stream that has a very strong emphasis on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that we are going to be looking at over the next two days is exploring this idea of convergence, that God is bringing these streams together in a very powerful way, that when they come together, it's a beautiful blending. 
as I said, here on Asbury's campus, we, have, we celebrate the daily Eucharist um, throughout the week. We have morning and evening prayer, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. We have chapel service. And so, in many ways, this seminary represents a beautiful blending of the evangelical, the sacramental, but also there's a, a spirit-filled undercurrent here at Asbury where there have been revivals that have been sparked here and literally thousands of lives have been touched as uh, graduates and alumni have gone out into all of the world and carried the gospel. And the mission of Asbury is to take the whole Bible for the whole world and we believe in the power of the gospel and the power of the scriptures to change and transform lives. And so what I would say this morning is that when those three streams come together, it's a beautiful, powerful blending that at many times they've been separated. And um, for some of us, when we hear uh, evangelical and sacramental, Catholic, liturgical and charismatic or spirit-filled and openness to the spirit, uh, th th there, there's a tension that's there. And what I would say, there's a healthy tension. There's tensions in the Christian faith and we live into those tensions, but it's as we live into those dialectics and those tensions of the faith that God moves in our midst. And I think that was one of the geniuses and the beauties of the Wesleyan revival. So I want to just share for a few minutes, as, as, our, uh, as I shared the previous speakers were not able to come when I shared with Jessica this week, it, it does not look like TJ is going to be able to make it. She said, why don't you just share a little bit of your own story because you really kind of represent these three streams. And so I want to share a little bit of my own kind of sacramental journey um, because it's it's unusual, unique, however, over the years, I've seen that it's not that unusual. That there are dozens, hundreds um, of conversations that I've had with others who have had similar journeys, who've come out of Baptist, charismatic, uh, various backgrounds, Methodist backgrounds that have embraced the convergence of these three streams. Those that, who have been raised and reared in more liturgical traditions that have converged to say, you know, there must be more and have had a growing awareness of the need for the evangelical and the spirit-filled dimensions. So my story, my Christian story, really started in 1993. Uh, I was raised in kind of a nominal church background, attended church maybe once a year. I had a, had a godly grandmother that would drag me to church, you know, by my ear and that you're coming to church, boy, and so I went to church with her uh, occasionally. But it wasn't until 1993 that I had a radical conversion experience. I gave my life to Christ sitting on a rock uh, on a lake in Knoxville, Tennessee, Fort Loudon Lake, if anyone's familiar with it. I was sitting on a rock and had a radical conversion experience, very similar to maybe kind of a, a, a Paul's experience at Damascus Road where I accepted Christ, invited Christ into my heart and my life, and Jesus completely transformed my life. And I give everything to God. I completely, uh, radically decided to follow Christ that day there on that rock. I put my life upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ, and committed everything to him, and really had no really deep understanding of the Christian faith. Started attending a church had been invited to, um, after about two years, it had been invited to a college retreat. Well, uh, there was, uh, there was a, a preacher preaching there on the Holy Spirit and uh, asked me at, at the conclusion, I didn't even know what an altar call was, but I guess I went forward for an altar call and asked me if I'd been filled with the Spirit. And I, I thought he was a little zany, but, you know, the, there was, you know, I felt God doing something in the room and prayed to 
to receive more of the Spirit. And God touched my life at that little college retreat at the age of uh, 21. I was 21 years old. Didn't know anything about it, but I had this just amazing encounter with the Lord. I uh, didn't really have theological terminology or language um, to build around it. Went to college pursuing a, a degree in pastoral ministry. I knew that I was going to give my life to God. I had this newfound faith. I had this fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit, but didn't really know what to do with that. Um, in many ways, my own personal story, how many of y'all like U2? Do we have any U2 fans? We've got probably some millennials here who are like, U2? Who is U2? Well, there's a Google it, Google search it, do a Wikipedia search, and you'll find U2 is, uh, is a wonderful, one of my favorite uh, bands, and um, a lot of their songs have Christian overtones, and uh, one of my favorite songs is, uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, and there's a lot of great, uh, rich, robust uh, lyrics that have a lot of parallel with Christianity uh, in that song, but that song really kind of defines my spiritual journey. I had this encounter with Jesus. Jesus was enough, but there, I knew that there was more. I had a rich, robust encounter with the Holy Spirit, whether, uh, however you want to identify the terminology for that, my life was just impacted by this encounter with the Spirit. Uh, but there was something, there was something missing, and we went on, my wife and I was married, and we went on, we planted a church in the Carolinas uh, on a little stretch of islands in the Outer Banks, pray for, pray for them, because they are literally underwater, we've got pictures of friends whose homes are submerged, and, um, and so we planted a church there in 2005, and I had discovered the Book of Common Prayer. I'd been kind of using this Book of Common Prayer, kind of being drawn to the liturgical sacramental tradition, but had planted kind of a really low church evangelical church that was kind of open to the Spirit, but we, we were not a sacramental church at the beginning. And I heard from some friends of mine uh, about Trinity Anglican in Atlanta, which I had known. We had all gone to college together. I had known as Trinity Vineyard. Uh, and all of a sudden, I hear these guys, they were a large kind of, I would call it kind of a hipster uh, Trinity uh, Vineyard downtown Atlanta, doing amazing work. All of a sudden, I hear these guys are Anglican. And I, I want to know what is going on down in Atlanta. And I uh, talked with Marty and Chris, the pastor, and Chris said, you know what? why don't you come to Atlanta and see what the Lord is doing here? Um, we'd gone to college. I knew that they were evangelical. They were spirit-filled. They had this robust kind of openness to the spirit, but they were also sacramental. They celebrated the Lord's Supper every Sunday, and they were planting churches. And uh, So I went there and spent the, um, spent the weekend with them and just had an incredible weekend. And Chris, the, the, the lead pastor there, uh, said to me in his office that afternoon, he said, Winfield, you've been splashing in these waters your whole ministry. And there comes a time where you have to ask the Lord, can I actually get in these waters? Can I really be a part of all that the church has for me? And so I left there that weekend hearing the Lord say, yes, you can be evangelical, you can be open to the Holy Spirit, and you can be sacramental too. And part of my uniqueness of my sacramental journey was embracing the Anglican tradition, which again has maintained over the centuries this richness of this robust liturgical historic um, tradition of, that maintains morning and evening prayer. There's weekly celebration of the Eucharist. 
But what I began to discover is that this stuff isn't just for Anglicans. It's not just for those in sacramental traditions. But these rich things that the church has preserved over the centuries belong to all of us. To use Todd Hunter's language, uh, Todd Hunter calls it opening the treasure chest of church history. And so I felt kind of like a kid stumbling into the attic of my grandparents and opening this, this treasure chest and saying, wow, look at all this amazing stuff that belongs to us, that that heritage is my heritage. Jaya Packer said it this way, that the Holy Spirit has been with all God's people in all centuries. Therefore, we can draw from it all, and we belong to the church here and there and everywhere. Robert Weber, who coined the phrase ancient future, many of us know the term ancient future faith, said it this way, he said, our family tree begins not with the Reformation or the 20th century evangelical movement, but with Jesus Christ and continues through the apostles, through the primitive church, through the apostolic church, the Eastern Orthodox church, the Catholic church, the church of the Reformation, and all who say Jesus is Lord. We belong to a great company of saints. We can claim Augustine, Aquinas, Luther, Calvin, Wesley, and Moody as our ancestors. We belong to them and they belong to us. Together we are one in Jesus Christ. Sisters and brothers in the community of faith with Jesus Christ as our head. Can I get an amen to that? That's, that's, that's pretty good. That'll preach right there. Amen? We belong to the church, and the church belongs to us. And I think we live in a day that's post-denominational. God is breaking down the walls, and there is one church. Christians are not dying for their faith around the world that are being persecuted because they are of a denomination or a particular stripe of Christianity, but they are dying for their faith because they are Christian. And one of the things that God is doing in our day is tearing down the walls and bringing the church together. And there's a mighty convergence of the Holy Spirit where God is bringing these things together. And so over the last 10 years, I've discovered... At first, I thought I was alone. I was kind of hiding out in uh, the Barnes & Noble's Christian book section, kind of reading early church fathers and hoping nobody would see me. Right? <laughs> Some of you have done that, right? <laughs> I remember my wife and I were youth pastors in Myrtle Beach, and I'm hiding out. I'm reading Thomas Merton in the book, you know, Barnes and Nobles, hoping nobody will see me there. And what I've discovered is that we belong to the church. And over the last 10 years, I've had conversations. I can't count the number of people from various backgrounds that are taking these journeys and rediscovering these different beautiful, rich tapestry of the Christian faith. I say, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm, I'm low church, evangelical, mildly charismatic, but I'm drawn to the sacraments, but I'm afraid I'm going to become a Catholic. <laughs> right? Well, guess what? John Wesley wrote a sermon called A Catholic Spirit that talks about uh, joining hands with those that have common mind and common heart. Now I want to say, we belong to the church. And the church belongs to us. We're a part of the larger body of Christ. So I've had dozens, I, you know, I'm going to speak evangelistically, probably hundreds of conversations <laughs> with people from various tradition backgrounds that are on the similar journey to say, you know what, I want to be a part of that. Just like Chris McDaniel said to me that 
uh, in 2010, sitting there in Atlanta, he said, you've been splashing in these waters your whole life, and there comes a time we have to ask the Lord, can I actually get in that stream? God is bringing these streams together. All of it belongs to us. And I want to encourage us in that. Todd Hunter said it this way. Since he can't be here, I'm going to quote him. He said it this way. There's something in the air today. Something in the spirit of our age. Something in the spirit that is leading thousands, maybe millions of people to reconsider liturgical forms of worship. Todd Hunter is an interesting individual. Followed John Wimber uh, and became the head of the uh, Vineyard Movement. And Todd Hunter uh, recently wrote a book called The Accidental Anglican. Part of his own journey was coming out of the Vineyard Movement, actually being a leader of the Vineyard Movement, to becoming an Anglican bishop. And oversees churches for the sake of others, which is a cross-jurisdictional diocese of churches across the United States that are sacramental, evangelical, spirit-filled, and they're planting churches like crazy all across the United States. The Anglican Church in North America has planted over 500 churches in the last five years. There's a sacramental renewal that's happening in our day and in our time. Brother Samuel, who um, prayed for us this morning, he's, he's one of my prayer partners. He's who I call when I need someone to pray for me. Samuel's a Nigerian Anglican who's filled with the Spirit, came out of the Pentecostal movement, and has embraced the Anglican tradition. And so God is moving outside of our categories in the day and time that we live in. And this journey is not just confined to just one unique chapel speaker, but again, there are many. There are many in this room who maybe you're feeling that that draw to embrace all that the church has to offer. So here's what I want to do. I want to look at the text that we saw this morning, the Emmaus Road passage. Because I believe that this idea of convergence in three streams isn't something that's unique. It's not some gimmick or it's not a fad. It's not just some passing craze. But in many ways, it's rediscovering these various streams that were in the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. In many ways, it's, it's getting back to biblical Christianity that embodies what happened in the book of Acts. Chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit falls. There's the proclamation of the word. Peter get, gets up and he proclaims the word. Uh, people come to faith in mass. He says that the promise of the Holy Spirit is to you and to as many who are far off. And then they, what do they do? They gather together in homes. They break the bread. They have fellowship and they have prayers one for another. And the Lord begins to move in wonderful ways. And so I would argue that the early church lived in this vibrancy of embracing all of these different streams. And so this morning, this model of sacramental mission, this, this model of sacramental three streams ministry for contemporary ministry is embodied in the life, message, and ministry of Jesus Christ. And so the Emmaus Road passage that we looked at this morning from Luke's Gospel, I think is a beautiful, robust passage in which we see Jesus coming to disciples that were broken, they were hurting, and how many of you know we live in a broken, hurting world where people need hope? We live in a war-torn world where people's lives have been ravaged and have been torn apart. We live in the climate here in North America of uncertainties in a very unusual political year, right? I'm not going to 
go too deep into that, but you have factions and you have sides and people are broken and divided. And so Jesus comes to disciples on a road. And so sacramental three streams ministry begins by walking with others. It's incarnational ministry. I want to apply this concept to ministry for those that are seeking to um, go into a ministry that embraces all of this. One, that this idea of three streams ministry begins with walking with others. It's incarnational ministry. Jesus draws near to these disciples. They're broken. They're hurting. Their lives have just been utterly uh, just wrecked because their Savior, who they thought was the Savior, had been crucified and their, their dreams had been dashed to pieces. And the scriptures say Jesus walks with them. He draw, it says he draws near to them on the road. And that's what Jesus does with us. And for those of us in ministry, for you uh, students who are going to go out into ministry in a, in a new uh, post-Christian context, ministry is going where people are. Jesus asks them a question. He uses questions. In other words, he listens and so the new ministry, because 50 years ago, there was the professionalization of clergy and the churches. We were in a Christendom culture. Well, guess what? We're in a post-Christian culture in which we have to listen. We have to come alongside people to earn the ability to speak into their lives. So Three Streams Ministry is walking with people. It's entering into their pain and their brokenness to be able to have conversations. And that's what Jesus does. The second thing that Jesus does is he tells the story. He tells the story. He, he walks them through the biblical narrative from the Old Testament all the way up into current day. And Three Streams Ministry tells the story. Many of us use the term word and table. We tell the story through the Bible. We believe, we teach, we preach the scriptures. There's the word uh, evangelical dimension, but we also tell the story through the liturgy. The liturgy tells the story. Every week, for those of us in liturgical streams, the liturgy is built around the scripture that reminds us of the story of the gospel. And it takes us through and it points us to Christ. And in many ways, the liturgy helps us recover story in a story-deprived world. Many of the people that we are called to minister to, they uh, live in ahistoric context. They, they don't even know their own history. They don't even know uh, where they came from or where they're going. And part of our role is to say, I can tell you about the great story. The scriptures tell the story of God. History is the story of God. And the Bible reminds us that there's this grand biblical narrative. We didn't just uh, arrive here yesterday. Darwinian theory, we didn't just all of a sudden, there's a history, there's a story behind, there's a maker behind the universe in which we live. And the liturgy reminds us of the story of the scriptures. And so this three-stream sacramental approach to mission and ministry is we have to learn to be storytellers again. And part of being storytellers is to invite other people into the story. And to say, you have a part in this story. That God's story is the story of all of us. And it's not just a North American story. It's a story of how God is moving all around the world through global Christianity. 
It's a story of us all, of how we put our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so we need to regain the lost art of storytelling. Amen? we got to tell the story for a new generation, for a world that does not know Jesus, for a world where two billion plus people do not know Christ. We have to become storytellers again. And there's a richness that the historic church has preserved throughout 2,000 years of church history. There's that quote from Robert Weber that we can claim all, all of the history of the church. The church has been telling the story. The church has been passing the baton from one generation to the next generation. And in the same way, the church didn't just start 50 years ago. The church has been telling the story faithfully for 2,000 years. We belong to that story. The next thing is Jesus invites them to a table. Sacramental Three Streams ministry brings people together around the table. And there's something powerful. It doesn't matter what culture you're in. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. There's something very unique about coming to the table. Table fellowship is a big issue. Who are we going to eat with? Who are we going to have fellowship with? When we come to conferences, or we, you know, we set up, we text people, and we make plans for dinners. Why? Because something happens around a table. We have conversations. We live lives together. And so in the Christian tradition... The story is told around the table. Jesus invites us to a meal. We see that, the. imagine this, what is the last thing that Jesus did prior to his crucifixion? He invited his disciples to a table. And he washed their feet, but they shared a meal. It's a powerful imagery. Jesus, after his resurrection, what does he do? He brings them to a table. He feeds them bread and fish. And so sacramental three streams ministry is inviting people to a table. And the table is the image that we are invited to, even at the last supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb, when Jesus returns, we will come to a table where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And around that table, there will be women and men from every tribe and every tongue and every nationality who will be worshiping and who will be eating at that table. And at the table of the Lord, one of the beautiful analogies and imagery, imagery that I have of the table when we're invited to the table, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what degrees you have. Amen? It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter what nationality you're a part of. You are invited to that table to partake of bread and wine, to partake of the living bread, Jesus gives us an open invitation to come to his table and to feed. And so it's the Eucharist, which means thanksgiving. It's a time to give thanks. It's a time to share stories. But next, it's a time to encounter the risen Lord. One of the most powerful things in this passage is they come, they don't even know who Jesus is until he breaks the word, he opens the word to them, and at the, at the, as they come to the table and they begin to eat, it says their eyes were opened. There's a hymn that says, Risen Lord, be known to us in the breaking of the bread. Jesus is known to us in the proclamation of the scriptures, in the reading of the scriptures, but he is also known to us 
as we come to the table in a very powerful way. We believe in this, in this three streams that in the real presence of Christ, that Christ comes to us and walks with us and is, talks with us as we come and as we're invited to that table. And so my last point is this. Their eyes were opened, and I love this phrase. They said, did not our hearts burn within us? They encountered the risen Lord via the Holy Spirit comes, and their hearts are transformed. They experience the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way. Did not our hearts burn within us? And so Three Streams Ministry is encountering the Holy Spirit in the power of the Spirit. We are called to minister, not in our own strength and our own wisdom, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we believe God is with His church. And we believe God is with His church even today in the power of the Spirit. And so the Spirit is doing something very unique and vibrant and fresh in bringing these what seemingly uh, have been separated over decades and centuries even, have seen as separate, distinct traditions. God is breaking down those walls. I believe this is a work that the Holy Spirit is doing in bringing the church together. And the Spirit is moving in our day. When we look at uh, the rise of global Christianity around the world, this is a Spirit-filled movement where God is empowering His people and He's bringing them around the table and He's reminding us to tell the story as we walk with others on a road in their brokenness and in their pain. We have a story to tell and we have a table to invite people to. And we do it in the power of God's Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we belong to You. We belong to Your church. God, You're moving in our day, breaking down walls that have separated us and calling us back to the simplicity of faith that is in You. Lord, I pray for all those gathered here today, Lord, that You would fill us with a fresh sense of Your presence, a fresh sense of Your calling, Lord, to tell that story, to enter in, to walk with, and enter into the pain of others, which might even be our own neighbors, those even in our family. Let it begin there, Lord. The ministry of presence and incarnation. And Lord, help us to recover the lost art of storytelling. Let us be storytellers of your grace and your goodness to tell that gospel story to a lost generation and a lost world. As we do that, Lord, let us invite others to come around your table others of every tribe and tongue and every nation, Lord. We are all welcome around that table. And at that table, our differences no longer matter. Our status and all the things that separate us here in this earth no longer matter. But we are invited by you to come. And lastly, we just pray, come Holy Spirit. That in the same way that those disciples, their hearts burned within them, Lord. Would our hearts Burn within us, O oh God, as you send your spirit among us, Lord. As Wesley encountered you there at Aldersgate, 
and his heart burn within him, Lord. May we experience you in a fresh way this morning. May our hearts burn with the fire and the love of Jesus Christ. In the Holy Spirit, may it just come into this place and we say, come Holy Spirit. May our hearts burn for you again, Lord. Rekindle our faith. Open our eyes and open our hands to receive all that you have for us, all that you have preserved throughout the centuries of your church. We say yes, come, yes and amen in you. We ask all of this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.